0: Charlotte Rose is an artist heavily influenced by 60s culture and fashion, her work poking fun at the marketing of the era, bringing in familiar imagery and combining it with other cultural icons to create some impactful pop art. Now, with two sell-out solo exhibitions behind her, she explains how the lockdown had forced her to move away from a successful modelling career into an altogether riskier artistic one. It was a decision that paid off, and now her work is an Enter Gallery favourite. This is Art Related Noise. I started experimenting with painting. There's so many avenues of art.
1: We're surrounded by images.
0: Just being lost in this sea of possibility.
1: Announcing that I was going to be an artist. It
0: brings the work I do alive even more. They could be part of this work as well. Everyone's got their own personal connection to something hello and welcome to art related noise the podcast of the enter gallery in brighton my name is stuart holdsworth from inspiring city and today i'm with charlotte rose hi charlotte
1: i'm good thank you how are you
0: great no excited to be in your studio it's very bright it's a typical artist's studio <laughs> i would say there are paintings everywhere can you tell me about this space what what what's uh, what's inside it
1: so i've got all my paintings just stacked up against the wall really um it's A fairly small space considering the scale of paintings that I create, I love it. It's my space, you know. When I first started painting, uh, I was kind of just painting in my living room. So it's nice to have like an actual designated room to paint in. And I've just kind of put up some plastic tarp all over the walls, Dexter style. So (laughs) I'm trying to to keep it, you know, as clean as possible because I'm a bit of a messy painter.
0: I, should, I, should, I, I did notice that that, that sort of uh, plastic on the on the walls. I yeah. was a bit worried at first coming yeah. in. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's quite a small space, but it, you know, there's a lot going on here. And you're right, you, you do do quite big pieces of work. Your originals certainly are quite quite large. Is that a conscious decision from you to go? quite
1: big yeah I think when I look for art for myself I love big pieces loud pieces stuff that makes a real big impact I think my work is a translation of exactly what I like so I don't know I've just always loved and been drawn to larger scale pieces even my prints I try and give the option for the larger scale so I've got the a1 size and then I've got the size of my originals as well
0: is there something about impact that you're trying to Yeah, that you want because it's because not only are they quite large in size they're quite vibrant and colorful
1: yeah I want my art to smack you in the face
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it does that I mean I remember seeing seeing some of uh, the the, the last show that you did which is too much of a good thing I think and yeah they were all you know they were very impactful I mean there's lots of messaging on that on that artwork and there's lots of colors and sort of characters as well that are Mm. coming out can you tell me about that show and what you know the work that you created as part
1: of it yeah so um that show was my second show and I love to introduce a, an aspect of like satire light-heartedness um comedy you know to my artwork I'd describe it as pop art yeah large scale it's about how consumerism is kind of a bit of a lie so it's like they're trying to be your friend they're trying to cozy up to you like uh if you smoke this brand of cigarettes you can be like the cowboys, or the film stars, or, you know, like the oil companies, just being like bright colours, friendly, like Shell being yellow. Um, so my, one of my favourite pieces is the guzzle piece. So it's, I've got Daffy Duck covered in oil, um, with the word guzzle above it, and the Shell logo. So again, it's like satirical, but it's also with a serious edge. I've I introduced some candy branding as well. So I have like the Love Hurts one, Which is a play on the Love Hearts branding as well. I'm massively inspired by 1960s branding. So this was like the age of, the first age of like consumerism and marketing and the sexiness of branding. And that's my favourite era of, of branding. So the Marlboro branding.
0: Where did that come from? Where did that interest come from? Then so the you know the 60s and that sort of like it's sort of like the Mad Men Mm, era, isn't it? Where, Where was that?
1: So I think I just have a interest in the 60s, like outside of art as well. So in fashion, in like mod- models, like one of my favorite icons is Jane Birkin, um, Bridget Bardot, like all these French 60s icons. So I just had an interest anyway. And then I just think it, it was like a really fashionable, stylish era. And obviously nowadays with cigarette branding being outlawed in the UK and you have this hideous warning on all of the packets, the 1960s branding is, the more sexy side of the cigarette era.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I suppose it was quite a um, lifestyle marketing approach, wasn't it? I mean, Mm. very different to now, but they were saying that essentially if you do these things, if you buy this cigarette, if you drink this beer... Your life will get better. That's pretty much what it was, yeah. was in the '60s. Wasn't I mean, it? a
1: lot of my piece, Belladonna Bella Branding, has a lot of real life um, advertisement from the '60s, and a lot of these adverts were saying, "If you smoke smoking cigarettes, you'll get all the all the girls," or like, you know, it was uh, almost actually saying it was almost healthy for you as well, promoting it in in a health way. So it's yeah, it was a, it was all about the lie and and. The twisting of the truth with uh, with the branding,
0: and is this something you you think about you know you know now is that is that always a constant theme in your work? You're looking at what maybe organisations are saying, the messages that they're putting out there, and you're thinking even now you might be thinking, I'm not quite sure about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's definitely uh, switched me on to a lot of a lot of the trickery. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and this was your second show. So too much of a good thing was your second show with Entergal, and your first show I quit last week, which mm-hmm. you self. Yeah. Did What was that about?
1: So over lockdown, I created the body of work and I was just, you know, I needed something to put my mind towards and it was a bit of a tough time. So I created this like series of pieces and then at the end of it, I had enough to create an exhibition. It wasn't my intention to create an exhibition at the start. But I was like, okay, this thing has legs. I invested every single penny that I had into it, and it was a massive risk. And then um, I ended up selling it out, which was incredible. That was at NoHo Studios, which is the space that I did my second one in as well.
0: And what was the theme of that work?
1: Yeah, it was cigarette boxes, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) And and was that because, I mean, did you have an experience of that yourself? Were you quitting yourself?
1: Well, yeah, during lockdown, I, I quit. So that was, it was a... I quit smoking but i mean it was something that i just wanted to do i don't really know how to <laughs> <laughs> i just i was just painting because i was like i needed something to do every single day from 8am to 8pm like a job having been a model everything stopped so i needed like some sort of drive to wake up in the morning basically and the cigarette branding was i was uh fascinated with something that was very small and mundane and everyday and scaling it up massively so that it was in your face and an abnormal and interesting I don't know
0: I mean I, I did I did read about that, that that you really only really started you know during lockdown that's mm-hmm. when you sort of decided to go right I'm going to do this thing as yeah. as being an artist what was your sort of artistic experience bef- before then were you, were you doing much painting or what was that like
1: um a little bit so I come from a family of artists. My mum's an artist and my grandparents are artists as well. So I've always been surrounded by creative people and my mum has always been painting for as long as I remember. Um, she used to paint murals on my walls as a, ki- as, as a kid and stuff like that. And I've always been interested in cartoon work. So, I don't know, I used to love, like, the Beano and reading comic books and stuff like that as a kid. But I never studied art at school. I was kind of encouraged to study more English and more academic subjects. So, uh, in terms of an education, I, I'm i completely self-taught.
0: And what started the... Was it just, like, an interest then? So, were you interested in in, in those sort of comics, you know, the Beano, the mm, Dandy, the... Yeah. I mean, those, did you used to sketch them out what got you into the? oh yeah
1: yeah i used to sketch a lot of them i remember when i was about eight i sent in a dennis the menace sketch that i did to the beano and they published it like it's just something that i've always been interested in and then i think you know as a teenager you kind of lose interest in the things that you love And you're like sidetracked by life, and then I think I I returned to it during lockdown, and it was something that came really naturally to me. And I was like, okay, this is something that I actually do love. I kind of wish that I did study it at university, but there you go.
0: (laughs) But since then, you seem to have come a long way because you know we're sitting in your studio, and again, we've joked about you know you've got all this plastic on the walls, and you've got the (laughs) big paintings that are just stacked up on the sides, and you've got spray cans in the corner. I can only imagine that that in just before lockdown, this room was just like a normal room, right? And Completely transformed in that.
1: I mean, I, I didn't live here.
0: Oh right, okay, <laughs> okay, that would explain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so during lockdown, we, me and my boyfriend lived in Watford, and I was in my partner's flat, and he's an artist as well. He's a photographer, so he had a lot of paints, spray paints, everything around. Like it, it was something that was just very easily accessible to me, and. His flat, he used to spray paint the walls anyway, so it was a bit of a um, like artist studio. Anyway, so um, during lockdown, I just nailed up some canvases, like literally into the wall of our living room, and just started painting. I'm really lucky to have Harris, and he encouraged me a lot with my art, and yeah, it was a beautiful thing.
0: So you, you know, you started this 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 approach, and then you got connected with you know Enter. Where did that sort of connection? Come from?
1: So my friend Poppy Fawn,
0: who has been on the podcast,
1: yes, she has. <laughs> She's an incredible artist and has been working with Enter for I don't know years now, quite a long time. And I met her through a artist campaign with a jewelry brand called Misoma. They hired three artists to kind of show their artwork and do a campaign and a photo shoot and on that day i met poppy and we instantly clicked and then fast forward a couple of months i had my first exhibition and she brought helen and lindsay along and they had a look and thank god they were impressed <laughs> and yeah the rest is history
0: wow that's how it happened
1: yeah <laughs> i mean
0: that's that's interesting because i mean poppy uh, is also known for her 60s inspired yeah. imagery as well so yeah. i suppose there's a there's a connection there between yeah between you two as an artist
1: for sure yeah <laughs>
0: What about the process that you go through for making your work so you know, you've had a few exhibitions now i know that you've done some print releases i think with Venter. Mm-hmm. and we've got as we're speaking we've got a show coming up at the truman brewery in in brick lane in london so tell me what how you go about making the the pieces that you do
1: at the moment i'm sketching out some ideas so i've got these kind of a4 sized sketches okay. where i sketch them out And then I'm creating my own cigarette branding for my next body of work. So I'm gonna pitch these to enter gallery. So hopefully they like them. But yeah, so I sketch them out, paint them. This is done with either watercolor, acrylic, and a bit of gold leaf here. Then I'll show them to Helen and Lindsay, see if they like them. Then I'll scale them up, do them on the big boards. I paint on MDF or plywood and yeah. I mean, they're, they're like
0: works of art, in their, well, they are works of art in their own own right, but yeah, watercolours, it's interesting how you, you choose to sort of do the the sort of, you know, the pre, what do you call them, sketches?
1: Yeah, like the plans. Yeah. The
0: plans, yeah. yeah, but yeah, with using watercolours and all the sort of, you know, vibrancy that I can see there in these sort of like really soft pastel-y type yeah. tones. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's a very different style, like I just kind of, I do the planning in a, in a kind of softer, more dreamlike watercolor way and then my originals like my actual paintings are like very punchy bright color acrylic spray paint neons I'm not really sure I do that I just think it's it's an experiment just to see what I mean maybe I'll do some of these larger ones in a watercolor way I don't know we'll see
0: yeah it's interesting I suppose why you've sort of settled on that way to to do the design and then when it's translated it is very different (laughs) it's it's yeah punchy I mean, what is this? I mean, are you are you using spray paint on here as well? Because I'm just looking at one of the pieces that's just be, behind us. Again, it's a, a Marlborough cigarette packet. Mm. Uh, and this is one where it actually says, I quit last week. Yeah,
1: this is a commission piece. So for this piece, I get my piece of MDF. I prime it with some gesso. And then I do a base coat of, like, kind of white layering acrylic so I'll just do some drips, I'll palette knife some on, maybe add a layer of cream just to give it some depth and then i go in with some, this one I've done with gold leaf so get some um, gilding glue, paint it out, let it dry, lay on the gold leaf and then I've added some texture with some neon acrylic uh, acrylic paint just to give it some, to tie it in with the spray paint and I've spray paint, painted on top, I quit last week.
0: When I'm looking at it and when I'm hearing it and just looking at the work around me now and then just contrasting it with the, the sort of designs that you've got, it seems that that's quite an ordered approach in terms Mm -hmm. of design and then there's a whole bunch of different energy that goes on
1: oh yeah it's very different so like if I'm painting smaller this is I think this is why I prefer larger scale painting because it's like you can let go it's a bit more messy I mean I think I'd describe my style as quite messy like a lot of character to it and I think like when you're doing bigger paintings you can let go it's a bit more like crazy and then when, when you're painting on smaller scale it's way more precise and it's like uh, way more constrained, and I think there is a beauty in that as well, and I do enjoy that. But I think my favorite thing is like almost regressing back to being a child and just throwing paint about.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm getting the, the picture of it. I can I can sort of visualize. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm visualizing this and the like music going is like you know, yeah. just energy you're moving around the piece seeing what emerges and so exactly
1: yeah i think you can see by the amount of paint that's on the floor and everywhere it's just a bit of a mess yeah but i do love it i think part of the fun of of creating is making a bit of a a mess
0: (laughs) yeah i love that i think that's great i think some of the best artist studios that i go into i mean when i when i first came here i said that's the first thing i said this is a proper artist studio you know when you've got paint on the floor it's on the walls. It's just stuff everywhere. It's great, and you can, see, I mean, you can see one of your easels. Well, what do you call those little things?
1: It's just. A, um, this is literally just a piece of scrap cardboard that I've got some oil paints on.
0: All oh, right, yeah, you know, one of those sort of boards that you you mix the the, the oils on and you yeah, you yeah, just get it all over. I think
1: place. like I never trust an artist that has a neat studio.
0: Good <laughs> tip. Good Let's go back to lockdown and stuff because obviously before then you were you were you were a model That's sort a of full time sort of model i think you still do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah what's that balance like now and how have you found the interplay between the two
1: well i think the art has helped the modeling and the modeling has helped the art so i think in the modeling world casting directors and, and clients are looking for girls or boys that um that can do something else so a lot of the time when you're in a casting you'll walk in and they'll be like what are your talents and you'll be like, oh, well, I did ballet when I was nine. Like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of, they want something else. Um, my friend Milky is in a punk band and she's amazing. And she, um, she does really well with modelling as well because she's got this added thing. She also skateboards, so it's brilliant. So I, I've done a lot of artist model campaigns where they book me as a talent which is a lot of fun. It's adding a bit more flavour to the job as well because I think, like, modelling is awesome. I'm really grateful to be able to do it. But sometimes being in someone else's vision and creative creative vision is quite soul-destroying to an extent. But then when you're booked as someone who's a talent, then you have more control over what you're doing. And I feel like, personally, I have more purpose.
0: <laughs> by, and by talent, what do you mean by that? Is that, like, you're modeling but you're also doing your artwork or you've been modeling as part of how does that work um
1: so for example a brand might interview me as an artist but i'm wearing the clothes of the brand or a a brand will film me painting in a studio and i'll be wearing the clothes and or something like that so it's just adding another layer uh, another narrative to their campaign
0: i see yeah, yeah that's that extra dimension that people are interested in so it's not just about the person and the clothes it's actually what what the person is doing whilst wearing the clothes you know uh, yeah. I suppose it's going does it in some way go back to this because I suppose this is quite interesting because because the work that you do as a model you're working with brands and you, mm. you're working and you're advertising those brands yet your work quite clearly is uh, is subverting a lot of maybe not the brands that you work with but sort of more brands in the past how does that caught
1: cool me out <laughs> You're exposing me here. I think, well, personally, I've always had a a love for fashion. Ever since I was a little girl, I was always a girly girl. So I had a very strong connection to the fashion world. And, and I wanted to be a fashion journalist, actually. When I went to university, that was, like, the thing that I wanted to be. I wanted to write for Vogue. So working in the fashion world is, like, an absolute privilege. And I think when brands are using models that are talent, like artists, singers, whatever, I think... It's a bit more authentic because I think previously brands were using models and being like, oh, hold a guitar. And they don't know how to play guitar. At least they're using the talent that actually do the thing that they're pretending to do or
0: doing. So there's an authenticity that needs to be there then. Yeah. So if you're going to, a good example Model holding the cat, You want them to play the guitar. I suppose that helps with the picture as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, but I think it's also like adding this another layer of narrative where you're like they're using their platform to promote an artist or a musician, which I think is an awesome thing, and you're adding value to their brand as well by giving them a, yeah level of
0: authenticity. I guess yeah. When you look at your when you when you've got your, your work in in what what sort of thing do you hope people will, will take away from the work that you do. You know, ultimately, as you, as you sit here today, as you reflect on the shows that you've, you've been doing, the journey that you've been on, mm. are there any particular message that you hope people will take away?
1: Well, I, I always want my work to evoke a level of nostalgia, whether that's like my dad smoked that brand of cigarettes or, you know, like my nan did, whatever. I think that there's this like kind of sense of longing and, and, and nostalgia that comes with a lot of my work, but it is also a level of critique against what is essentially poison, especially like with my Belladonna branding piece. Like it's this thing that's like, OK, it's beautiful. We're showing you beautiful women. We're showing you models. We're showing you what your life could be if you, if you smoke this brand of cigarettes. But then the underlying message is that it is dangerous for you. And I think there's something quite romantic and interesting to um, explore within my artwork.
0: Is there an activist nature to the pieces?
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's, I think it's more punk. <laughs> I think it's more like, I know what you're doing.
0: So a little uh, bit anarchy.
1: Yeah, 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 I think so.
0: Are you influenced by music in your work? Does that come, because you mentioned punk there. Is there. Yeah,
1: massively. I think like, I'm really into what I like to call like, dad music. So <laughs> anything that was like in the 60s and 70s, I love like the eagles, the doors... I mean, like, a lot of my friends are in bands and, and are crushing it. Just in my world pre-art, I was by accident in this kind of world where a lot of people were musicians. So, and I, I mean, I grew up with my dad being a Queen lover, he loved Queen, so that was, I know, the, the uh, CD Queen's best hits back to back I know which songs come in next like yeah I think I'm definitely a music lover and I think uh, a little bit of that rock and roll energy is translated within my work
0: Charlotte thank you very much
1: thank you very much it was really nice to talk to you
0: if you enjoyed this episode of art related noise please subscribe and you'll be the first in line to hear some of our art related interviews